I tell you, it has been so much fun going through this series and uh, through the Gospel of Mark and um, talking about how Jesus came and flipped the, flipped the kingdom of what people thought upside down. And I, I tell you, I've, I've just had a blast going through it, and I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you've not only heard some cool stuff that you might have heard before, but seen how it can uh, apply to your life as well. So here's what I'd like. Over the next few minutes, I'd like for you to tune in and uh, dive in and pay attention, uh, because this one statement or this one question that we're going to ask affects every one of us. And I know I say that a lot as I speak and uh, how everything affects you, and that is the point of a leader or a speaker, uh, to get to the point of where you are. And this question today affects each and every person from the front to the back to the left to the right. Every one of us, the way you answer this question, everything hinges on your life. And so we'll get to that question in just a second. And how many of you, well, a, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week, I talked about that I was really bad at math. Does anybody remember? Like, how many of y'all are really good at math? Again, you say, like, I'm pretty good at math. How many of you are with me? You're not really great at math. Like, okay, so how many of you are like, math is all right, it's not a big deal? That was everybody else who didn't raise their hand. So you like, you had the good people, then the bad people, and then it's like, yeah, I got it. It's no big deal. Math, math, math. Well, math was tough for me. I'll never forget sitting in my class, and Coach Holden was our teacher, and Coach was just a cool dude. He had, you know, the teacher glasses and the mustache, and he was, he was, our, he was our teacher, and he would teach math. And I'll never forget, we're sitting in a science lab learning math. I don't understand it, but we had like the, the gas Bunsen burner stuff all over the place, and he was teaching us math. And, and I, I I remember him just answering all the questions I had about math because I had a ton. Remember, I was horrible at math, and I had to ask these questions because I didn't know the answer. I mean, it was tough for me, and then I think about questions that are asked, and then I think about the, the severity or the hardness of some questions that are out there. You know, you may have been, we've all been asked certain questions or we've heard certain questions that are really tough for some of us. And I think about what are those hard questions that some have been asked? Well, some people ask like, what is the meaning of life? Anybody, anybody ever heard that question asked before? Maybe you've asked that question. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. I want you to put your right hand up. Right hand, right hand. Everybody from front to back, if you're listening, if you can hear my voice, put your right hand up. I want you to put your left hand up. I want your right hand up and put your left hand up. Now do this. I want you to do this. And then I want you to do this. And then I want you to do this. Really, this is the most important movement I want you to do. <laughs> do that. Very good. See, courtesy, I'm all about it. Just let me know you're with me this morning. All right, so, so we are, we're, we're alive, we're awake, we got led in some awesome worship, but you're with me this morning. And so here's, here's we, we think about these tough, tough questions. What happens after you die? That's a hard question. That's one of those hard questions that, that for some people, that's an easy question, but for some, it's, it's a hard question. Or some of these questions like, who created God? And I'm, I'm, I'm always wondering why the hardest questions, if you will, are all centered around like the afterlife or uh, God. Like those are the really, really tough questions, it seems like. But then you have the hard questions and then you have the no-brainer questions, right? The ones that are super, super easy. Let, let, me, let me, what color is the sky? 
but very good. You didn't even have to think about that. Um, what's two plus two? Very good. Yes, we got it. So what is a camel hair's broom made out of? Very good. You're on it. Some of you are going, camel hair broom. Um, I don't know. But camel hair broom, you got it. It's made out. So what color is a golden retriever? golden very good so when you said yellow that's close we'll accept that answer but it's golden and we think about these questions that are just no-brainer you don't have to think there are no hesitation listen there's no hesitation in these answers and these are questions that are just that 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 you can just answer without even thinking but i want to ask you a question this this morning and i don't want you to say it out loud But I want to ask you a question, and I really want you to think about the speed or the response of this question. And this is an important one. Who do you say that Jesus is? Don't answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? And when I think about one of the hardest questions that is ever asked, I think about this question being asked. And who better to ask it than Jesus himself? Jesus asked this question, and so we're going to dive into Mark chapter 8. If you're, you have your Bibles, you have your iPods, iPhones, iPads, if you have one of those Android devices, let's just throw it out the window and go get you an iPod or an iPhone. And so, just kidding, if you have an Android, no offense, iPhones are better. But, so here's the deal. Turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, and like I said, we've been going through, we've been going through this series, we've been going through the book of Mark. I've, hopefully, you guys are reading this in your quiet times every week and, and uh, really diving in the chapter that we're in. And so we really want, so this week, uh, we want you to read chapter 9. Also, we want to invite you back to our D groups, man. We really, a lot of people want to dive deep, and we want to invite you that tonight, our D groups are, are all about that. So we want you to dive in deep with our D groups and our discipleship groups tonight from five to six. We want you to be here. We want you to be a part. Dive in deep with that. And, uh, and we're going to be going through Mark chapter eight as well. And so we, we hope to see you tonight at, at, uh, at five o'clock. But before we start reading uh, Mark chapter eight, starting in verse 27, I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to dive in the scripture. And for the next few moments, I really want you to, to dial in what Jesus is saying. Because he's not just speaking to Peter, he's not just speaking to the disciples, he's speaking to you and I this morning as well. So let's pray. God, I love you, and I know there's a ton of distraction. It's good to see our friends after the weekend or, or since last week, Lord. Lord, but over the next few minutes, I pray that we would be still and know that you are God. And we would be still and know that you have something to say to us, Lord. God, wherever we're at in our spiritual journey, whether we're, wherever we're at in our lives for that matter, you have something to say to us. And so, Lord, I pray that the person next to us on our right and to our left wouldn't be a distraction to us. God, I pray that we would hear from your word because it's serious. And if this question was ever asked to us, and it is in many different forms, but if this specific question was asked to us, I pray that we would know the answer and that we would be confident in our answer. So, Lord, speak to us now over the next few minutes. And we love you, Jesus, and it's in his holy name we pray, amen. So Mark chapter 8, let me give you a little backstory of what we're, uh, before we read, Jesus had just healed the blind man in Bethsaida, 
And he had, he had just done this. He's been going through doing huge miracles. Last week we talked about him healing the deaf and the mute man. And now he's healed the blind man. And I really love that story because uh, when the blind man regained his sight, he said, he looked up and I see people, they look like trees walking around. I love the, the depth of that. And we could talk about that for hours and hours, but we're not going to this morning, but he, he had done this. And then he moves on to Caesarea Philippi. Now you need to understand it's about 25 miles from Bethsaida to Caesarea Philippi. And so he's taking this journey with his disciples and he's walking with his disciples. And I love that when Jesus, you know, they just didn't rush from place to place. Jesus really took his time pouring into these men. He really took his time loving on these guys because he's really, he's, he's living life and taking these guys with him. And that's what discipleship is. He's living this life. And as he's on this earth in, the, in this three and a half years of ministry, he's taking these gentlemen with him and he's walking life out with them. And as they're walking life out, he's explaining things. He's teaching about himself and he's showing himself and revealing himself to his disciples. And then we get to this scene in verse 20. 27, well, as he is going, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And this is a key little section that we really rushed through, but on the way, he asked. So he and his disciples are walking and just kind of talking to each other. They're kind of, you know, probably one of them's throwing rocks at the other, you know, from the back, one of the, you know, uh, you know, Who's standing back there? Listen, listen. Matthew's standing back there trying to throw rocks at Jesus, like you know, like we do, you know. Just kind of, and then James and John are over there ribbing each other because they're brothers, and they're just kind of picking on each other. And then you know, Peter's up there, and and uh, and there's a few guys probably around Jesus, and they're walking. They're just having a good conversation, and Jesus just casually says, I, "In my mind's eye, if I was to just think about this scene, Jesus says these words: Who, who do people say that I am?" He's walking, he just says, who, who do people say that I am? And they replied, so there's, there's more than one walking around, but they replied this, some say John the Baptist, reincarnate, which is interesting, but some say that. Others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. So we get named this guy who was Jesus' cousin, and then this powerful uh this guy from the old testament and then we have one of the prophets and as they're talking i think jesus is walking he asks the question they answer the question and as they get to that ending part there's probably more conversation probably more people shouted out things i don't know but what's written down is what's written down and i think jesus just kind of stops I think he just kind of, he kind of looks at him. And I really do think, I, I, I try to put a, I don't think Jesus is this frail dude. Just says, all right, disciples, y'all come on. We're just going to walk to uh, Caesarea Philippi and I, I'm going to teach you. All right, could someone, could someone shade me because I'm really frail. My skin's real pale. And uh, could someone put some palm leaves over me as we walk and I'm going to teach you. Come on, sinners. You know, no, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that. I really try to put like a personal uh, personality to Jesus that's loving and is smiling. He's just, man, he's just got it going on. And I really think he just stopped in that moment. 
and just looked him in the eye and said, but, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And without any hesitation, Peter answered, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the chosen one. Without any hesitation. And I think Jesus being Jesus, y'all listen, y'all listen. I think Jesus being Jesus looks at Peter and just smiles, maybe gives him a hug, maybe gives him a kiss on the cheek, knowing what Peter is going to do in the next few days, next few moments. We know what Peter's gonna do and Jesus just looks him in the eyes, maybe has a little smile, maybe has a tear in his eye, but loves him because he gets it. He sees in his heart, he gets it. And he knows he's gonna struggle, but he knows that Peter gets it. And I think Jesus says that, and then he, he uh, warned them not to tell anyone about him because his time had not yet come because the Jews would force him to be the Messiah. The Jews would force him. Remember, the Jews thought that he was gonna come down as the Messiah, a reigning king with a sword in his hand, riding on a horse, and that was not. He was the servant king. Remember, he flipped the kingdom upside down And he said, don't say anything right now. My time has not yet come. But I think he just embraced them and they turned and they just kept walking. And so I want to ask that question again to you this morning as I did at the beginning. Who do you, listen to me, who do you say Jesus is. Who do you say that Jesus is? And your answer is one of those just fill in the blank. Jesus is this. For some of you in this place, he's a good man. For some of you in this place, he, he uh, lived a perfect life. For some of you this, in this place, he was a part of history that's a valid part of history, not only in the Bible, but there's history books that have Jesus in it, so we know that Jesus really did live. For some of us, we, we say that he was a prophet. He came, and in the actions that he did, he really did do those things. He really did do those things. He really did raise people from the dead, and he really did heal the blind man. He really did give the man that had no hearing and could not speak. He really healed that guy and, and, and did so many. He really did feed 5,000 people. He really did feed 15,000 people. He really did feed 4,000. Like, he did all these different things. He did these miracles. He, he, he made the, the lame to walk, and he said, get up and go walk. He healed the lady with the issue of blood. There's, there's history on that. You can read that in books. And some of you say, I know that that guy really did live. And he was good. He never messed up. And then some of you say he went to the cross and he died. And then some of you would believe that he really did raise from the dead. Some of you believe that. But the tough part about it is, do we really believe and mean our answer to the question, 
and we say without hesitation, you say without hesitation, Jesus is this. And that's the hard part. That's the tension. That's where we we struggle because if you ever get hit with this question, who is Jesus to you? And you say, uh, he, um, uh, uh, I don't want you to be there. Because I see two different responses to this. So if you're taking notes, I see two different responses to the question of who does Jesus, or who do you say Jesus is? I see two different responses. One, you stand confused. One, you stand confused about who Jesus is. You're unsure. You're hesitant. Maybe you know who Jesus is. Maybe Jesus is your Savior. You've asked him to save you. He is your Lord, but you're scared to give the answer to that. I don't know. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe Jesus is your Savior. Maybe he is your Lord, or you just don't know how to answer that question. Or, for some of you, you could say, you could insert Jesus is a good man. Jesus is a part of history. Jesus is a, po- a prophet. Jesus is this, that, and the other. And you could insert whatever those beliefs that you have or those things that you have about who Jesus is. But at the end of the day, whether you are unsure or you're not true in your response, you are still confused. And that's where I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be confused in your response. Because you say, Ryan, nobody's ever asked me who Jesus is to me, but they have. They have just in a different way. They ask you in those, in those questions of what do you believe? Where's your faith? They ask you in those times where temptations come and you're able to stand your ground and instead of saying, because of Jesus, you say, well, I just, I, okay, I'll, I'll follow through. And I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be in that area. I don't want you to live in that, that surrounding box of confusion because here's what I want. You have the confused and then you have the confident. You have the confused and you have the confident. So what, what's the difference between the confused person who is asked, who is Jesus to you, and the confident person who is asked, who is Jesus to you, without hesitation, your response, without hesitation, should be that Christ Jesus is the Messiah. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is love. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is my daddy. He is everything to, to me. But here's the deal. When Jesus asked his disciples, he asked them two things. He says, who do people say that I am? And what did Jesus say in a second question? Who do, say again, who do say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And here's what I would love to pose to you in this this portion of the talk is if you are confident in your answer when people ask you who is Jesus 
To you, you say, Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my Messiah. He's my Heavenly Father. He is my love. He is my gracious tempest. He's, he's everything to me. He's everything. Any, nothing compares to how much Jesus means to me. He's my everything. And I dare to say that if you were to answer something like that, you might get a look like this. Whoa. Or you might get an, a look like this. Interesting. But what if you got an answer like this? I wish Jesus was that for me. I wish Jesus was that for me. Because when Jesus asked this to Peter and his disciples, he was making it personal. And so today, I ask you, who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that Jesus is? So I was studying, I was read. I, I get a lot of the, the, the backstory and a lot of the, a lot of the history from this book. It's a commentary that Mark found on Mark. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mark Johnston found it on the book of Mark. It was kind of cool. But I, I love this. I love this. Uh, this book, and it's written by some really awesome people. David Platt. He was a pastor in Alabama. And now he's, a, he's the president of the North American Mission Board. He's just, he's just a really cool dude. Danny Aiken, he's a seminary, uh, the head of a seminary, and, and just some other pastors. It's just really cool. But <clears throat> one of the cool things is David Platt wrote a book a couple of years back called Radical. Anybody ever heard of the book Radical? It's, it's really, whoo, it'll, it'll mess you up in your Christian faith. It'll mess you up because it's so serious and it's, it's, it's real. But they put an excerpt out of that, and I wanted to read it to you. I didn't want to just kind of paraphrase it. I wanted to read to you this, because I think it's, it's spot on. David wrote this in a response in a, out of a blog from the book Radical. We American Christians have a way of taking the Jesus of the Bible and twisting him into a version of Jesus we are more comfortable with. A nice, middle-class American Jesus. A Jesus who doesn't mind materialism, it would never call us to give everything away that we have. A Jesus who is fine with nominal devotion that does not infringe on our comforts. A Jesus who wants us to be balanced, who wants us to avoid dangerous extremes, and who, for that matter, wants us to avoid danger altogether. A Jesus who brings comfort and prosperity to us as we live out our Christian spin on the American dream. And so when we look at that in light of what we're reading and what we're talking about, when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? My prayer is that our response is that he's everything and when we say those words, he's everything, that means we are willing to give up those things that are tearing us down. We are willing to 
block out things, not out of, out of rudeness, not out of irritability, not out of anything other than I just want more of Jesus and less of me, and I don't care what the world says, I don't care what the world acts and how the world acts, I need more of Jesus because Jesus is my everything. He is everything to me. And, I, and when I sing what a beautiful name it is, it, it, I, what a powerful, what a wonderful name, I mean it because he has saved me. He has set me free and he's given me a life that is powerful in him that I can't do anything on my own without him by my side. And my hope and my prayer is that you students look at me for just one second. We are almost done that you would grasp the power that you have in the name of Christ. Because if you say, like most of you say, that you are Christians and you believe in him, that Jesus is your everything, my prayer is that you mean it. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Is it going to look different than the world is? Yes. Is it going to change some things and some attitudes and some places that we go and some conversations that we have? Yes. Why? Because Jesus is your everything. He is the Messiah. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. And you talk about changing the world or changing your world in your schools, in your families, you start making this, we start making this real in a priority where Jesus is my everything and nothing compares, whoo, man. Things would change. Things would change. Things would look different. Because here's the deal. Jesus tells them not to tell anyone about him because his time had not yet come, well, check it out. His time has come, and it came, and he really died on the cross, and he really rose from the dead, and he really did ascend to heaven because he really did have a plan to save us, to take our sin on his shoulders that we would not have to be nailed to a cross in the most harsh way and suffocate and, and try to breathe and bleed out, just all these things. He, he, he did that for us that we didn't have to. That's why Jesus is everything. And I don't want you just to come in here and just go, oh, I get it, I got it. it, it, it I, I received that. I've taken notes and, and I've got it right here. I even have it in my heart, I understand. I want you to apply it. Because you can do it. And for some of you, you just need someone to look at you right in the eyes and say that you can. Please give me the honor of doing that. You can do it. You can change your world. You can stand up for your faith. You can make a difference because of Jesus. And my prayer today is that as we leave this place and this afternoon and we go have lunch and we go to our families that we proclaim that Jesus is our Lord and we, we might not say it from the rooftops. We might not stand in our chair at Moe's and go, everybody listen to me. Jesus is my everything. Amen. No, I'm not saying that. Don't jump up on your table at lunch tomorrow and like, hey, if you hear me clap once, you know, don't do that. It's not what I'm talking about. Let your life sing it out. 
Let what we say and what we do and what we speak on just give glory and honor and praise to our King because Jesus is our everything. God, I love you and I thank you for your word and how true it is and how real it is and how it speaks to us. And I thank you for these teenagers. They are so stinking awesome and you have a plan for each and every one of them. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that you would just light that up in their hearts, that they would understand that you are more than just words in a book. That God, that they might, excuse me, that God, you might be their lifestyle. God, you might be our lifestyle. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for these awesome guys and gals in this room. I pray as we go in to the next service, Lord, that you'd speak to us even more so. I pray for those in this room that they might not know you, that they might come and talk to one of our leaders, might come talk to me. We talk about knowing this Jesus more. God, may we apply this today. Let's don't wait till tomorrow. May Jesus be our everything today. Lord, we love you and we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Real quick, make sure you're here. I would love for you to be here tonight. We do have uh, go teams and D groups. If you're a part of the hospitality team, we need you here. We got some new things kind of rolling. The welcome team, we need you here. We got some new things kind of unveiling as we need your help for in the next few weeks. So if you're a part of that team, we need you here. If you're a part of the praise band, we need you here as well. If you say, well, I haven't sang or I'm not on the schedule, I really need you here tonight uh, to be a part of that. So make sure that you're here at, uh, at 345. So if you can be here, be here. D groups go from five to six. We're going to keep diving into uh, to Mark chapter eight. We'll have some food. We'll have some fellowship. We'll have some. It's, it's going to be a good night. And then Wednesday night, I know you heard on the on the on the announcements. Wednesday night, we want you to be here. The students are leading Hour of Power. The students are leading the worship portion, and uh, I'm really excited. There's not going to uh, be a, but a, maybe one adult up there. No, I don't think there's going to be any adults up there. It's going to be all student led, and I am super stoked about that. So you make sure that you're there Wednesday night to support those awesome teenagers and give glory to Jesus. And then uh, there's some really cool stuff coming. There's some really, 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 really cool stuff coming. Last thing, I need one or two dudes. If you say, I can do what Marlena did. I can do what Marlena did. I need, I need one or two dudes uh, to come today at 345 to be a part of the video team. I need some guys to be a part of our announcement team. And if you say, well, I don't know, I'm probably gonna come ask you because some of you are awesome and you just don't even realize yet. But I need some dudes, we need some fresh faces. We love our ladies. We have so many ladies who do these announcements. So, so many. And we have one dude who showed up, Chris Height. And I appreciate Chris. Not a lady, just He's not a lady but we need some more. So I love you guys. Let's get up to big church and I uh, can't wait to see what God's going to do. Thank you, Thank you guys.